put him pretty hard into the tape. Indeed. Nice. Now let's just strike this, man. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. Let's just open the episode. Let's just open the episode. <laughs> Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 64 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey, Bodie, this is the T-Bone. And this is Sochirio. You know, I've been uh, doing some more race calling, and I've been really working on my inflection when I speak, trying to, you know, make my voice more entertaining. Uh, my, you know, working on my radio voice. What do you guys think? I thought you did a hell of a job uh, calling the races this weekend. Yeah. And last weekend as well. You did some race calling in Baton Rouge. Wait, are you using that radio voice right now? I think I am. It, yeah. it sounds remarkably like <laughs> your voice does all the rest of the time. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah you so. know, it's funny. I need to work on that myself. I tend to go with more of a deadpan, sort of a, sort of a, a calm and level approach to the race calling uh, and really think more about the substance of it than the delivery of it. I got to say, it's not easy to call a race. It's not easy to call a race that there are seven people in. It's even harder to call a race when there are seven people who you only get to see for 30 seconds at a time. Hmm. Um, so, go, hey, and there goes Joe. All right. There goes Johnny. Looks like they're in the same spot. And then you start like making up <laughs> factoids and you start talking about the sunglasses they're wearing and, you know, trying to... Be entertaining. Also, not trying to insult anybody and, and go for the easy, dumb jokes that people like to make. Uh, it's hard work. Um, yeah, I mean, I, are, are you supposed to heckle as a race caller, or are you supposed to leave that to the hecklers? I, I think you, I think you're not supposed to heckle as a race caller. Maybe you know I will heckle you, and you could heckle me. But someone who I don't know who showed up to the race and is kind enough to put money down to mm. to race. Uh, I, I want to be supportive. I want to be informative and uh, somewhat entertaining. Well, yeah. Well, there, there was also, you know, the scenario recently at Jingle Cross, right, where the one of the race commentators was saying some stuff that I think uh, the women racers and spectators found rather insulting. Pre pretty terrible trash stuff. And yeah, that's totally actually very much present in my mind. And I don't think that normally I would say anything to, like that Larry Longo said, but uh, definitely am trying to, like I said, trying to be more empowering and respectful leave the heckling to the friends and fans on the sidelines and also you know educate people i think that's kind of the hard thing is you kind of have to mm -hmm. think about pretending that people that might not know what's going on in the race how a cyclocross race works you're kind of constantly throwing in bits of information that someone who's been around at a cross scene for a long time already knows and is secondhand to them but it's being able to educate the new people who are coming out is also pretty important too mm -hmm. yeah and sort of keeping the crowd to the extent that the, the crowd might uh, not always be 100 percent paying attention to what's going on out there trying to keep the crowd interested and involved in the race so that when people come by various parts of the course racers come by various parts of the course you know the crowd is sort of more tuned into them or you give them a little something to look forward to or you know try to encourage the crowd to cheer the racers on, I think. And you did a great job of that this weekend, I think, Bodie. Thanks. Um, a lot of racing this weekend. Um, we had local stuff. But uh, let's let's talk about some pro cross. We've been gone for a few weeks. And, I mean, there's some 
big races happening. Um, we just recently, let's start with this weekend. Okay. Um, here you go. I'm just going to start off with a quiz. Mm-hmm. You guys are going to have to. In order to answer the question, you need to say your name. All right. First. So, Matt, are you ready? Matt. <laughs> that wasn't the question. Oh, you said I had to say my name. Matt. <laughs> Matt. Yes. Yes, I'm ready. Yes, you're okay. I'm ready. All right, good, good. We got it. Okay. All right. Who's number one in the men elite rankings in UCI? Matt. Matt. Two notes. Right. Townsend. Townsend. I'm going to say Matthew Vanderpool's got it now. <laughs> wow. Matt. Okay, guys. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Wout Van Aert. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Correct. Uh, yes, believe it or not, Wout Van Aert is still number one in the world. Wow. That is surprising. So he's been number one in the world. He's he never, has been has, number has one in the world. Because, uh, just because he's world champion. Yeah, I think in Vanderpool skipped the first two mm. World Cups. Yeah. Uh, it's very close. Um, but that's I wanted to start with that quiz because we saw a little Instagram post this weekend where Wout Van Aert pretty much said... Peace and fuck to the ha- fuck you haters. Or yeah, it in, was a weird. It was a Belgian English thing, or was it French and English? No, I think it was. I think it was like a bit of a Flemish, uh, fl- Flanglish. I think it was. Basically, fuck you to the haters. Yeah, yeah. He well, said he was that. crossing when because he crossed the line third yesterday, and he was giving the peace sign. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what that was all about. Any well, ideas? I, I we should probably speculate a little bit, not mm. too much, but I mean. I guess my my thought was I didn't know if that had to do with his old uh, team sniper, mm-hmm. but I don't know who's hating on him necessarily because you you know I mean look it it would be easy to say that perhaps Wout is believing that people are questioning him or hating on him so to speak for his performance so far this season. Um, he was bested by Tunerts in the races that Matthew Vanderpoel didn't race and he's been bested by Matthew Vanderpoel at the races that MVDP did race so Wout hasn't really had and his winning ways and yesterday he was bested by both of them yeah yeah exactly so I presume I, but but at the same time I haven't really seen much coming across the Twitter sphere or the Instagrams or the cycling news mm. uh, of anybody really questioning sort of where's Wout. Um, I think I mean there is also I think yeah the whole situation with sniper cycling he's trying to get out he's trying to get it so that he can join Lotto NL Yumbo for 2019 at this point right which was not he was still on under contract with sniper um until until 2020 would have been would have been the the year he would have moved to lotto yumbo so i know that's all going it's, it looks like it's all going to court and stuff so i'm i'm sure that's all kind of stressful for him so yeah i mean there's a lot going on there and it could be could be a bunch of things but hey well you're still number one still number one still got mm-hmm. those uh world champ jersey uh you know, I was a little bit confused though watching Gavare. Was that Sunday's race? Gavir. Gavir. Mm. Um, that- I believe Gavra is how. Uh, that's <laughs> that's how the that's how the commentator in the race I was watching was really? pronouncing it. Yeah, the guys from GCN Gavra? were Gavra? pronouncing it Gavra. 
GCN. Um, oh, oh, I don't know if we can take their. Um, <laughs> you can't take the English. They may, they may be totally full of shit. <laughs> um, Vanderpool has the Euro Champs jersey, but he also has the World Champs stripes on the sleeves. And this is for some yeah. reason the first time I noticed that when you get a, a, a brief flash of him across the screen, that Euro stripe combination with the World Champ stripes looks very much like a World Champ jersey. Yeah, your mind sort of transposes the uh, sleeve stripes onto the body of the jersey, kind of you know, in in in, in your mind a bit. And you're right, it it was a bit confusing. I tell you, it's a sweet look though, the Euro Champs jersey mm-hmm. with the rainbow stripe sleeves. So Gonna go ahead and give that uh, panache. Well, and if, yeah, uh, I give it panache too. He was very happy that he still gets to wear it. So, I mean, that's going a little bit back to the weekend before right which was a euro champs okay so I, I forgot i wasn't sure if that was upcoming or so it happened so matthew vanderpool is the european champion yep per- perfect segue took the uh took the jersey off of tune Eric's back who had won it last year uh and yep. been wearing it for the majority of this oh, season that's true tune was in a, re- in a regular uh telling that video kit that's right well he but- will be in the uh world cup leaders jersey in uh tabor next weekend because he's hmm. still the world cup leader so We'll have Wout in the World Champ stripes. We'll have MVDP in the Euro Champs with the rainbow bands on the sleeves. And then we'll have Tunerts in the World Cup Leaders skin suit. That's right. The white with the red down the side. That's a lot of white uh, yes. skin suits at a cross race. But speaking of <laughs> Panache, really fast, I want to go back to Mr. Trash or Panache last week, TP Racing, Trash or mm. Panache Racing, Tom mm. Pidcock got fourth. He did. Superb ride. Yeah, Turning really those results was. back around. Okay. All right. I'm excited to see where he, where he, uh, what he does next. Um, I want to go to the... Well, speaking and he's of... Still, he's still under 23. Is that right? And he is the under 23 but U- this European year, champion. This year, uh, they are racing the U23s with the elite men. In well, in the, not in the super World prestige Cups. and the DVV, yes, so they, right, uh, and then they have the U19 race, a separate race, right? Yeah. I like this, I like this idea. Uh, so do you want to know why I noticed that? Because he wasn't wearing that white jersey that's in this right. race, it was the blue, and I thought, oh, that looks really good, yeah, the blue, and then, and then I jersey. sent you a message that I, I changed my mind. Really? To a panache. Oh. So you, but 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 in the in the photo that we showed, his yeah. teammates were wearing that blue jersey. Yeah, I'm changing my mind. Okay. It's all an action. I think there. I but th- I think you can say that there's a difference in a kit that's still in a photo versus a kit that's in action with yeah. that on it. Yeah. Well, I will say this: it's really easy to pick him out uh, it, on that bike. Yeah, he's that riding Magali Rocher's bike. Yeah. Uh, but also next week in the World Cup. He'll be racing U23, and he will be in the U23 uh, Euro Champs kit. So you might go back to hating it again. Okay. Um, well, wait, to- wait, wait. But Bodie, we've never trash or panashed the map Euro Champs jersey. Because well, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet. I no. thought we saw it in that. No, that was the, that British, was the British. Oh, my God. National right. Champs okay. jersey. Yeah. Speaking of last time we recorded, I want to go to the women's results of Gaveri, Gabare. Mm-hmm. So when Matt was talking up, uh, Arzufi won that race. Yep. That was a hell of a race. That was. That was a great, great race. Followed Sup- by Bramier, who we haven't really seen. 
No, but much she loves, this year. She loves the mud. Solid ride for her. Just uh, just pounded her way through that mud. Um, Sonicant and uh, and Arzufi were were off the front of that race for a while together. Well, or, worst was off the front. And, and for worst a while. was off the end. Yeah, and then the three of them were sort of together, and then worst sort of worst blew up. Uh, and uh, and Arzufi got off the front, and then here comes Bramier just uh, powering right on past Sonicant. I mean, literally, like she was sitting still. It was up that big, big muddy climb, and yep. and Bramier just came past her, and made Sonicant look like she was. I mean, she was going half as fast as Bramier was when she passed her. And I'll tell you, notably in that race, you know who else was really coming on strong at the end of the race? Helen Wyman. Friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Helen Wyman. Just give a shout out to our Whew, friend in fifth place. She likes those muddy races too. She does indeed. Yep. So Sonicant third, but if we go to Saturday, mm. she wins yeah, at, in uh, across. Yar Market Across. Jar Market. That's the Jar Jar Binks, uh, yeah. GP Jar Jar Binks. I thought it was the flea market across. <laughs> the flea markets of cross. Uh, Neil. Yeah. That Sonic Con got her first win. Matt, you pointed out, first win of the year, it's in November. Or of the season, Sorry. strictly. Of the season, yes. yeah. So is that, uh, we'll just go to that race. Is is that a, um, is she? Is it the slow play for world champs? Is that her form's a little different? Is that we've got rising stars and people like Arzufi and Worst and Voss? We'll get to in a moment. Mm. What do you think? My personal take, and I have no basis of knowledge for any of this. <laughs> None of us do. We're in a we're in a we're in a law office in New Orleans, Louisiana, and we've never met any of these people. Hey, oh, Whoa, oh, hey, oh. that's not wait, true. Wait, 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 wait. We've we've barely met any of these people. One Cert- of us has met these people. Certainly never met Sonicant. I have. Okay. Yeah. Well, Bodhi Bodhi. Maybe you should has, lead it off then, Bodhi. Yep. Tell us what's on her mind. Um, it's. I think it's a slow play. Okay. okay. I was going to say that it's not a slow play. I'm going to say that it was a reaction to the fact that she didn't have a great start to her season, and so she has uh, modified her season goals uh, away from being competitive in, in some of these series, including the possibly the, the World Cup. And 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 has morphed into a slow play, uh, f- and a slow burn for the world championships at this point. Hmm. Uh, I think I think the other thing that you mentioned is is a big factor that some other riders are really coming on strong. For example, Arzufi, uh, Anne Marie Verst is having a really great season. Mariana Voss Mariana is concentrated Voss is on this. Yeah. Although not this weekend. No. She did not race at all this weekend. So I don't know if she's being tactical. Maybe she was sick. We don't know. Yeah, that's a good. That's that's on the agenda. Where is where is Voss? Mm. Uh, strong start. <clears throat> um, here another another uh, another quiz question for you guys. Y'all ready? Yes. Go for it. Uh, I don't. Uh, Do we have to what, say our name? You have to say your name, Matt. Nope, I haven't asked a question yet. I have to finish the question. You will get you will, your buzzer will be turned off if you buzz in before I finish. Where is Mariana Voss ranked in the world right now? Townsend. Townsend. She's made it onto the front row, so I'm going to say she's ranked seventh. Yes, correct. Ding, ding, ding. Wow, wow good guess. How did you know she was on the front row? I just. I thought I'd seen her on the front row. I guess I had maybe maybe I'm wrong because that's right. She didn't race this weekend. 
Uh, well, I, I, I'm just sort of guessing that you wouldn't have asked that question if she was in the same place as she had been, and she was very close to getting on the front row the last time we checked mm. and has had a couple <laughs> results since then. So educated guess, as they say. All right, one, one more question. Who is number third? Who is third <laughs> in the world for women? Third in the world for women. Say your name. Katie Compton. Matt. <laughs> I'm third in the world. Uh, <laughs> Matt. Matt. Obviously not Katie Compton. So Matt. Uh, third in the world is going to be... Time's running out. You better guess. Five, four, three, two, one. Matt. Oh. Katie Keogh. Nope. Eh, again. Uh, third in the world right now. Sana Kant. No. One hint, big sunglasses. Big sunglasses. Eva Lechner? Wait, what? Ellen he Noble. didn't say his name. <laughs> didn't uh, say... Townsend. Ellen Noble. Oh, no. <laughs> Eva Lechner. I did say Eva Lechner. You, you didn't, didn't say, say your, your name. name first, though. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All so right. that was big sunglasses. That was a good, yeah. that was a good hint. Yeah, that was, that was a good... Anyway, all right. So... Well, this weekend, okay, was two very muddy races, right? Yeah. Uh, which we haven't really seen. We haven't had any of the, the real slop fest before. Other than our local races. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, Gavir or Gaviri, Gavari or whatever is always muddy. I've yep. never seen it not muddy. Well, they have this special, special inflatable uh, barrier. <clears throat> not barrier, the inflatable, uh, what do you call that? Um, side Sideline, course markers, yeah. whatever, you know, to basically. And, and did you see that people actually were sort of riding those, just kind of like kind of yeah. riding down, Hugging putting, it. putting their hip into it and yeah. just kind of riding it on down. I noticed MVDP took that line every time, like on that side of it's it. Sort of like a pinball, pinball mm. machine kind of but he took using, that, using that bank. He took that line every time except for the time the one the moment when he got away because him and Toon were off the front for a while. Yeah. But the one he made an awesome passing move on Toon in the at the top on the of left. There. Went around on the left. He, yeah. And and just sort of dive bombed straight past him and, and that was it. And then he was away. Uh but I always I love that descent. I really like that course. I like Gavir. And I've got a I've got a quiz question for you guys. Okay. All right. So All right. oh I'm gonna get quizzed. Okay. These three courses, uh, Gavir, or Gaviri, whatever you want to say, Koppenberg Cross, which uh, we should also talk a moment about, and Ronsa, which is the one where Lars um, Lars got away ahead of when MVDP and uh, and Wout were w watching each other that time. Yes. That's what it was last year. So those three courses all have something in common. Something uh, very body. specific. Yes. Big flyover over a freeway. No. There's something actually. Give I'll, a little bit of a hint here. I'll give you a clue. There's something they don't have. Ah, Townsend. Mm. They don't have uh, barriers, hurdles. Right. They don't have any forced dismounts yeah. at all. Or not necessarily that a barrier would be. Notice I used the Belgian mm. Euro word for the uh, barrier. Call, yes. them, call them hurdles. Of hurdles, there. yes. Or planks, as Anthony yeah. likes to call them. The planks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, there's plenty of other reasons to get off your bike at those places, isn't there? Uh, not at Ronset. That's and true. actually not at Koppenberg. There was no no place to dismount at Koppenberg. Gavir, the, the only reason to dismount was because it was super muddy. But theoretically, if it was dry, you would be able to ride the whole thing. 
Did you guys see what happened to Katie Compton at Jamar Cut Across? I didn't, but describe it for me because it sounds painful. She was in the hunt and she mm -hmm. was about fourth and there was one section where the course dipped down to some concrete and the, they had those police barricades on the side to kind of mark the edge of the course. And somehow she went down, but her foot went through the police barricade so like her, so her ankle was in there, and then she kind of fell forward, mm. and like tweaked her ankle. It looked pretty painful. I wonder if that's why she didn't race. I'm in Pan Am's, or no, that was no, Pan no, Am's no. was before that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't think she raced. She didn't race in Pan Am's because she's just she's over in Belgium right now. Yeah, yeah. until nationals. She anyway. also, I guess, wanted some give somebody else a chance to win it. But she also pulled out of Gavir. She was doing pretty good, and then she pulled out of Gavir with uh, asthma. Well, yeah, I mean, she she was she got twenty first. She so she finished the market across, um, and then I guess yeah, Javier. Unless maybe she hurt herself in Gavir. I don't know. No, she, I think it was asthma. I saw um, her husband uh, Mark Compton Leg posted uh, just something that said like asthma sucks or something. So, so I'm guessing that was what that was about. So speaking of Pan Ams, let's just I mean briefly talk about we have a new Pan Am champion in the women's. And the men's. The first ever non-Katie Compton Pan Am women's champion. Magalie Rochette. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. First uh, first non-American, first non-Katie Compton. And that race she's was, the was in Canada. Yeah. In Canada. So, uh, she actually is a previous Pan Am champion. The very first Pan Am champs, she won under 23 mm. Pan Am. All right. But if, if I'm not mistaken, I think Katie Compton yes. is the only elite women's champion that since the Pan Am's. Started. Yeah, fairly yeah. fairly new event. Yeah, until yeah, until now. Um, until now. Curtis White is the men's elite Pan Am champion. Yeah, congrats. If I'm, if I'm correct. And um, Gage Hecht won the U23. Won. No, that was a different race. Hmm. Or well, was it? We're very informed, uninformed here. Uh, one thing I did notice about he Gage, won it last year. I think he won it this year too. Yeah. One thing I did notice about Gage Hecht, uh, he apparently is a dentist. And I had absolutely no idea. Was he riding? No, he rode a moots. He's riding a parley. Yeah, he rides a moots. <laughs> so Sammy Ronalds just should have gone straight to Gage Hecht. That would have been the easiest thing to do. About Wait, he rides a moots cross bike? Yeah, yeah, he does. He's sponsored by moots. The Alpha uh, Trek Subaru, whatever. I guess it's not Trek. <laughs> it's they, not Trek. No, that Alpha would be weird. <laughs> Bicycles Subaru something is the name of their team, and they ride yeah. moots bikes. Not Other Alpha bikes. I don't know what Alpha Bike is. Is it a brand? Townsend has one. Oh, uh, Allied. Alpha. Allied. Yeah. 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 Well, I, although Gage Heck does ride an no, Allied doesn't. Alpha. No, he uh, Well, did. Did. Yeah, they're on Cannondale. Now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, little side trivia note, Gage also rides with a partner when he's riding, a little, little short little man who does the Bartman. He rides with a little Bart Simpson figure zip tied to his bike. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. You might have seen that in some of my photos. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that was Pan Am's. Uh, oh. Um, File that Pan Am away for a moment when we get to trash your panache. Okay. A little hint about some... I was just going to say, uh, we saw Stephen Hyde come back, and then Stephen Hyde crashed at Pan Am's. Yeah. Uh, Good to see him racing, though. There was There was some fear that he was injured and might be out for a bit it's nice to see that he's back well he was injured yeah and he, he was out. right right uh jay powell came back but then had a back thing so didn't do pan ams 
um, but was back racing this weekend at Northampton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he got seventh. I don't know which day that was, but he seems like he's stoked. So it's cooking up for uh, another great battle for at nationals. Um, hopefully, Jay Powell will be able to put together a good race like he did last year. Um, I saw the Ellen Noble won day one at Northampton, and I actually don't think she started day two. She didn't, no. She uh, she said she was just going to spectate day two. Yeah, Which, that seems like a pretty awesome race. The thing that really gets me about that race is they kept advertising the sausage truck. Oh, yeah, the, the sausage tent or whatever. Sausage tent. That just, sound, that just sounds so good. Cold, yeah. cyclocross day. Hot sausage with some peppers. Sausage and, hand-ups. Yeah. Sounds wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we, we could get a sausage truck out at uh, one of our local races. Yeah, is, there well, a, is there a sausage food truck? Should be. Should be. I yeah. think uh, Dat Dog does, has one, don't they? Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy, after Ellen Noble posted some some uh, Instagrams of her riding some, I don't know if they're really stairs. They were sort of just uh, step-ups. Oh, yeah. On Instagram. Yeah. Hopping, hopping up the steps. <laughs> Wish I could ride a bike like Ellen Noble. She got mad skills, yo. God. Yeah. Um, I guess she uh, she rides a lot of BMX as well. She likes to play around on a BMX quite a bit. And she used to skate when she was a kid. She's a badass. Her parents, uh, those they, they would go around the country building skate parks. That was their business. I did not know that I before. Did is that Was that in that uh, latest Crosshairs radio? Yeah, in the interview, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Also, just I want to note in at the Northampton race that Spencer Petroff got second, who was kind of knocked out of the beginning of the season with a concussion. Mm-hmm. So good to see him kind of coming back. He, you know, signed with Canada this year, really got hurt before the first World Cups, slowly been coming back to form. So, how about a friend of the podcast, Alan Krugoff? Alan Krugoff won a race last weekend, I think a local race uh, in, in Out Boulder. on the West Coast. Or, I mean, no, excuse no, in me, Boulder. in Boulder. And then I just saw on his Instagram that they'd have, it was Cross of the North, I believe yeah. was a race. Oh, oh boy. boy, it was a snow fest, huh? Yeah. Did you see the pictures from yeah, that? Yeah, I saw some footage from that. Wait, and... you're not... Yesterday? Yeah. 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 No, was, I didn't see any photos. It was oh, like man. a blizzard. Yeah. yeah. How did I miss all those? How did I miss all Oh, maybe because I was at a race all day yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and you should have uh, been kicking kicking it up in your living room with your laptop on your lap, watching some American football and cruising the internet for cyclocross news. I also I also cruising saw... the internet for cyclocross <laughs> news. That's how we get all the hot takes around here, man. That's true. Got to do what you do. I also saw that Meredith Miller was uh, emceeing that uh, that event, but then yeah. she jumped in a race and won it as well. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, you know, well, I, I, I called one race yesterday and then jumped in the one, two, threes and got fifth out of seventh, third from last. So kind of like Meredith Miller. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other like a uh, pro pro bike news you want to talk about before I mean, we get you, some local you, stuff? You've got Canadian gnats on here. Is there something special you want to tell us about that, buddy? Oh, yeah. I know. I know who won the men's of that race. My namesake, Michael Vandeham. Yeah. Michael Vandeham. Nice guy. Uh, Jeff, Jeff uh, Kaboom Kabush was, uh, was yeah, up there for a while. I was kind of surprised to see, like, the, like that's the, not, to, not if it's a slight to Vandeham, but, but Canada is kind of a big country, 
and Jeff Bush is the guy who gets second in your nationals. Who's he's been retired for like three or four years, I and mean, he's got to be like ancient and like. Well, it's a big country geographically. It's not. It doesn't have a huge population. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, but and then, I mean, still, your point is well taken. Mm. Who won know. the women's race? I'm going to guess Rochette. Rochette, yeah. Yeah. I would have to imagine. Yeah. Yep. So she's got a national champs jersey and a um, continental jersey. Ruby West, I believe, won the U23 women's race. So I guess they have to have the Canadian nationals before Thanksgiving up there because it just gets too cold to have them in yes. December. Yeah. Is that really, the, is that true? Yes. No. Oh, wow. yeah, How that's, about that? Yeah. No, it's legit. Wait, like so uh, it's too cold for cross. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you can't race if it's just a frozen tundra. Like if it's just snow. I mean, like yeah, I mean, think about Hartford in you know two years ago, or whenever that was. You know, that yeah. was just a, it was just kind of a shit show. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, sort of you know thought, oh yeah, crazy, all this you know frozen snow and. But I don't think the racers particularly, you know, enjoyed yeah. racing that. I think I think this you know gets to a point maybe we'll make like later about like cross should be hard and cross should be really challenging, but like it really shouldn't be dumb, you know? Some things are just dumb. Some some conditions are dumb. And, like, let's say it's a it's November and then a freak well, a blizzard story come, comes through that weekend and mm. whatever. That's conditions. You, you you play the course as it lies. But, yeah, to sort of, you know, right. let's but have I mean, the, gnats in January in Canada. It's yeah, it's like, going to be frozen. Yeah. Like, the ground is literally going to be frozen. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Well, that kind of brings into, you know, the, the whole discussion of, the idea of trying to get cross into the Olympics, right? And yeah. Is it a summer Olympics or a winter Olympic sport? I mean, and it, it winter seems to be where it would fit the best. I mean, it's when the riders are going to be in in form for yeah. a start. Well, and, and have you heard the, the so apparently in order to be in the winter Olympics, the sport has to be capable of being played on the snow or ice. And yeah. I think the argument was, well, it, you can do a cross race in the snow. So yeah. It well, could fit. Well, like it, you mean, could squeeze it into the rules. It yeah, doesn't need we, to be. We saw that in Worlds a couple of years ago, didn't we? I mean, it was uh, in uh, Luxembourg. I think it should be in the Summer Olympics. I think it should be in the Autumn Olympics. <laughs> Actually, I think the Olympics are pretty terrible. So we, we don't, I don't think cross needs to worry about Apparently, that. nobody wants the Winter Olympics for uh, <laughs> anymore. Mm. Like nobody wants to host it. I mean, I understand that if you're an Olympic sport, then you're you get money. Your sport gets money, and Cross would like to have some more money to support uh, development. But anyway, that's that's a different topic for another day. Just some other slight news and some pro racing stuff. Just something interesting. Uh, this gentleman, and you guys might know him, kind of before my time, Mister Toffee is his last name. Andrea Toffee. Andrea Toffee. Yeah, fifty-two year old is looking for a team to race Roubaix next year. Mm. This is road cycling, obviously. Former winner of Paris-Roubaix. Well, he was the winner in 1999, so he wants to race Roubaix in 2019 to celebrate the 20th anniversary of his win. Yeah. I didn't realize that was the reason. Yeah. Yeah, It's the 20th anniversary of his win. So he's just looking for like a one-year contract? Yeah, he's really just looking for... I think he just wants just a one-race contract. Yeah, to race just with with the squad that's going to do Roubaix. Is he just... He's not like he's not. He doesn't think he's going to be a contender. He it's apparently just he still like, races yeah. and he's in good shape. Uh, I don't know. He was. Uh, I think the year he won it was did uh, Mape sweep the podium that year. 
I think that was the year before. Yeah, I'm looking at a that. photo of of uh, the the podium, and it and it looks like uh, no, it looks like he's the only Mape rider. Yeah, on the podium. I think it was oh, um, uh, I think it was the uh, the line of Museo, wasn't it? That one when mm-hmm. all three of them yeah swept the podium. So uh, he says he has a team. He yeah. claims he has a team. Be interesting to see who it is. Yeah. I can't imagine it's a world tour team. Yeah, I can't I either. It, I thought that was a rumor that it was a world tour team. That maybe seems... maybe there can be like a Masters World Tour team with that other guy who's also like forty Rebelin. David David <laughs> I think he's still racing. Yeah, like maybe 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 he's, they can... he's I think he's like forty four or something now. And he's still still racing. Maybe they can find some sponsors that you know you know target the ARP market. Yeah, and uh, you know Look, a- as a as a guy of a of a certain <laughs> age myself, uh, who races the uh, local Masters races, I'm going to go ahead and go on record as saying that we don't need a Masters Pro UCI tour. Let's we'll leave that to uh, we'll leave that to uh, golf to do. What is it? Doesn't golf do the the well, the seniors, the seniors tour, mm. senior tour. Yeah, yeah, that was always the goal of my father. Now I could see some sort of a one-off Masters uh, senior kind of open invitational kind of thing, like uh, mm. what what is it that Velon does? So what am I? The hammer, the hammer, uh, hammer series, the hammer series for retired pros. You know, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, like a sort of a, an old, like a you know a, a Hall of Fame race. Yeah, or something that'd be great. Yeah. Bernardino just, come out there and <laughs> Greg Lamond. Yeah. I mean, you know, it kind of kind of reminds me of those who had like a birthday cross race where you. Oh, that's, had, well, Bernardino has a cross race on his birthday. Uh, wait, really? Who yeah. where, who had the race where Kittle was there racing the cross bike like in his tennis shoes? Do you remember that? Like, it was yeah. like, like uh, Kittle won that race, didn't he? <laughs> I, think I, thought, I thought I remembered hearing some news about Kittle winning a cross race. That must be it. Uh, I don't. I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to get back to you guys. On yeah. That one. And, and one one other note was uh, this Nepo of Vini Vantini rider Alan Marangoni. Marangoni retiring this year, doing his last race of his career, gets his first win. Yeah. First professional win. That's pretty cool. Race. That's a mic dropper right there. Huh? Yeah. He's I mean, going out on top. Yeah. Maybe now he wants to look for another contract. Yeah. <laughs> Got one win. Uh, this is at the Tour de Okinawa. Tour yeah. de oh. Okinawa. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bob Le- Roll. Yeah, it's very, uh, very... Le Tour de it Okinawa. It says Tour de Okinawa. Yeah. Uh, it's um, a German, uh, Japanese uh, participle there. Day. Mm. <laughs> Speaking anyway. of which, did you guys see uh, about Japan and, you know, probably, I mean, favorite race of all of, is the Saitama Criterium. Oh, this my year. gosh. Oh, yeah. Yes. And they put what? them in baseball uniforms. Yeah. They were playing baseball. In, uh, in, in kit. It was like they were ba- baseball uniforms, but they were modeled after their, their world tour kit. That's right. And, uh, of course, Valverde was there in the world champs kit. Yeah. And he won the uh, Saitama Criterium. I think, uh, and the home run derby, <laughs> and the, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I believe, uh, and the the sunflower seeds pin contest. I believe Garrett Thomas was second in that race, and then the Japanese. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's quite a crit. One of the Japanese riders uh, was was third, uh, so finishing out the podium. Sadahara O. 
What? Famous Japanese slugger in baseball. So oh, I no, it wasn't. Yeah. Don't what? you listen to the Beastie Boys? Uh, I didn't. I did not put that yeah. together. Yeah. That's all good. So, yeah. I, I mean, is road season dead? I think, hopefully. They're going to probably eke at least one more race out of it. <laughs> we'll see. Got a pound. And then one more race out of that dead enough, And then tour down under. Yep. Back yeah. in Australia. Yeah. That's yeah. The it never ends. The no, road season never true. ends. That's yeah. true. Uh, you had one last thing, Townsend. I want to do a quick trash or panache. You guys okay? Mine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a few at you this week. All right. Okay. We good? Let's do it. Are you going to show us something? Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, ready to go. Yeah, the music is played. <laughs> it has. We are. Uh, I'm going to start start off uh, just with some with some straight up uh, trash or panache mm. questions here on some uh, some new uh, UCI World Tour kit. Mm. That's the uh, the new Trek Segafredo kit. Okay, and uh, this is. Uh, Do you want to just like mention us that link? Oh. Yeah, which there one are we? Okay, the men's kit. We're huh. looking at the men's kit first. Yep. Similar to last year, uh, it's a uh, essentially red and white and black are their are their colors again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've gone with uh, the most distinctive thing I think about this kit uh, is that they've gone with the uh, what do you what do you call that? Uh, what do you call the the ra- is that the raglan sleeve? Uh, where the, the, the it's not a raglan sleeve that's not the raglan sleeve that's no. the uh, set in sleeve or something like that anyway it anyway it looks like it's a it's a black sleeve with the uh, red body of the of the jersey uh, and and guys what do you think about that I, th- I think it's kind of got a slight retro feel right it's got that classic kind of jersey look especially with the way the sleeve design different color like like an old like uh, wool jersey uh Simple. The thing I like best about it, they got rid of the stupid pinstripes that they've been having on the bibs and stuff. And now yeah. the bibs are just black with some just white sponsor details. I'm giving it panache. Okay. I'm going to have the need. I need to see uh, his sock length before I can make a proper vote. Let's can- assume he's got regulation sock length. I well, don't- that'd have to be within UCI. I don't know. Limits. Can you scroll down? Can you can you get a? I, I don't know that it's really not. sock is in this. Yeah. No, really the sock is, is real, sock okay. is not in All this right. photograph. He could be wearing, could be a triathlete. Um, I'll I'll probably go with panache. You guys are gonna both go with panache. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Solid, right. decent. It it is strange to see uh, a bib and jersey not um, the colors not continue on down to the bibs. Yeah, I'm, I I'm do like black the black bib. bibs. I, black I, I have bibs. to say that I think the I think the bibs are nice. If I'm looking at them all, all on their own, they're very very old school, very retro. Yeah, uh, I, I like all the components of this kit. Uh, I like the black sleeves. I like the colors. Uh, it doesn't look like you know anybody else's kit, um, but I don't like the way all the pieces work together for some reason. And and I'm going to contrast it with with the our, our next one which is the women's trek kit mm. um and when i especially when i look at those two side by side i'm giving the the men's version of this kit trash wow. uh, i think it looks like he's wearing i think he looks like he's wearing a, a, a looks like he's wearing a, a, a vest over the jersey uh, i'll tell you what didn't do him any favors doing that against a black backdrop yeah he's blending into the background so anyway, I've hearkened. So floating I, I, torso. I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. vote trash, but 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 I I do have to say I, I like the components. I could be convinced that it's not 
that it's not trash when I see it on the bike. That may change my opinion of it. Well, I guarantee it's going to match the bike because the yeah. bikes are generally red, yeah. black, white. So it's definitely so, going to be matchy-matchy. Next, we go to the Trek women's kit. Mm. And now this is interesting. They, they didn't do a great job with the rollout here because didn't they just debut uh, that, that when they signed um, Yolanda Neff uh, recently? And, and you know... Um, um, you know they had a, a, a bunch of new signings this year. Um, who else did they just sign? Um, well, when they signed Yolanda Neff, yeah. her first photo was, you know, in the what is now the old Trek kit, and that was not more than what two weeks ago. Well, she signed with Trek Factory Racing, okay, which is the women's mountain bike and cyclocross team. Okay, she's not. She did not sign with Trek Segafredo women's team. Which is um, which is the road team, right? Except for the fact that she promptly then posted a photograph of her wearing this Trek Segafredo road kit, oh. uh, which was became really confusing. It is confusing. Uh, so Yolanda Neff is also wearing the same kit. But anyway, let's talk about the kit. Um, this is Lizzie Dignan wearing the uh, uh, the, the kit. Looks good. Yeah, I think I, really I think good. that's I think that's a great looking kit. Same same sort of dimensions to it. It's got the it's got the offset colored sleeve. This one's white instead of black. The body of this jersey is kind of a medium blue, nice medium blue, solid bib. Um, you can see the socks in this photo, Bodie. They're a great length. They're white. Uh, I think it they're looks, a little too tall. I think it looks great together. I think the sock length is perfect. Uh, and. Um, <laughs> And uh, I just, I really, I really like the way this kit looks. She looks fantastic in it. And uh, I bet it looks, I, and I bet it looks great on the bike. Matt's I shaking think, his head. Where are well, we? Well, I just think the, the, the whole like those stripy things on there seem like, I, I don't, I, it doesn't seem to, I don't know. It makes it too busy. Doesn't, doesn't seem to be any need for it. You think that, you think it'd be better without just, if it was just solid blue all the way down? I think so. So, personally. It's interesting. You're talking about the stuff on the jersey? Yeah. So, Which is what they have in the Trek Factory Racing. Yes. Right. So, so that's, that's the holdover from last year's kit. So, the well, Trek. Yeah, but it's not a last year thing. That is, I don't think they're going to be Trek. They're not going to be all be Trek Segafredo, are they? We don't know. But, I don't the, know. but the thing with the Trek Factory Racing is that stripy, uneven thing is on the leg bands of their bib shorts. And every time I see that, when Evie or Ellen is on a podium, I think that their bibs are crooked. Like mm. the gripper has slipped a bit because it's not uh, horizontal. Well, they're not on the leg b grippers of the not, new kit. And that's why it looks much better. And I think because they minimize that um, weird brush stripe thing. Which I think is a bit of a, hey... We really like Canyon Sram's kit, so we're going to do a little bit of that Ooh, on ours, but not burn. go the whole way. Hmm. So sick burn, I, and you're going trash. I I just think it's too muddled. I'm I'm going to say trash. I think I think the um, I think the Trek Factory Racing one looks a bit better. It looks a bit more cohesive than this does because this has a lot more sponsor stuff on it. Okay. But one thing I will say for them that I do think is panache about the team is that they have two two great tastes that taste great together. Bikes, Trek, and coffee. Okay. Segafredo, yeah. Which I think that's a top sponsor to have. Uh, real quick, uh, we talked about Pan Am. What do you guys give me? Give me a trash or panache on the Pan Am jersey. Let's and, and I've, I'm, I'm showing two here. One of these is the 
that is the is the UCI Pan Am uh, champs jersey that's just recently been awarded, and the other is the the this blue one is the Masters Pan. Apparently, there is a mm. Pan Am Masters champ. Okay, and that, that yeah, is. I that thought is that was jersey. Adam Myerson. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It is. Um, you want to talk about the the the, the Pan Am jersey? I why don't, you, why don't you start, Matt? <laughs> trash. Yeah. I'm going to say trash because I think it's a little too confusing and it's like um it's like somebody made a patchwork jacket out of some old World Champs jerseys. Yeah, it's like a quilted World Champs jersey. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it looks good, but I do think it is confusing with the World Champs jersey and that's the issue. I don't actually remember what the old Pan Am jersey looks like. They all they've all looked pretty much like this. It's sort of as if someone said, "Well, we need to do a we need to do a Pan Am's Champs jersey. So let's basically make a World Champs jersey that looks different enough from it that it would just be, you know, that it's not going to be confused with it, but it really could easily be confused with yeah. it." Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I don't like it. It it just uh you can't see that this where it's it's basically the the rainbow stripes just broken up in a bunch of different ways and striped, you know, on uh, staggered and well that's the that's the other thing that bothers me is i think you have like okay world champs jersey you can't mess with it right we've already talked we talked about valverde's and you can't screw it up too much um because there are rules about it you can't change it you can't move where those stripes are or any of that sort of thing right um and i think the euros jersey works well because it's it's still it's still very simple and clean, you know, and it has the kind of like the three blue. Well, bands. it's just different. It's not the same colors as the World Championship. Well, that's it, the other thing. Right. That's and the this, EU flag, right? It's yeah. the colors yes, it's of the, the EU flag. Yes, the EU flag, the blue and the and the gold. And so this one, I yeah. What are the colors of the um, Pan Am flag? <laughs> there is no Pan Am flag, but you know what you could do here. Pan Am is basically Canada, U.S. Is it all of? Is it South, North and South America? I think it's the whole continent. Okay. Yeah, because Two you continents. could have an Argentinian. Yeah, exactly. Pan American. So it's Two it's. Two continents, guys. North and South America, right? So yeah. So basically, what you need is we, 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 you'd need a you know like some United States and and um, Canadian stuff up top, and then like some other stuff at, at the bottom, and then like a fucking wall in between the two. Ooh. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is the Jersey slash political podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. So great. Uh, okay. We, we Last just trashed thing. it. Oh, you've got more. Yeah, oh, I'm trashing right. it too. Well, this is okay. this is. So you guys posed this question to me, and now I'll pose it back to you, Bodie. You did. You you posted a picture of uh, I guess we'll call him friend of a friend of the podcast, guy mm. named Michael Pocus, okay, races me, in uh, Alabama. Let me take a. And uh, Bodie said, "How about this, trash or panache?" And we've got a guy in a cyclocross race. This is a USAC yeah. cyclocross race. I guess he's got a number pinned up. He but does. Dude is wearing. Uh, looks like he's wearing some hiking boots. Uh, or is no, he, I think he's wearing. I think he's. Wearing, oh, he's okay. Yeah, okay. He's got yeah. some. Those are his socks. All right. So he's got. He's got shoes on, but he's got some. It's like some long pants, kind of rolled up. Or are they shorts jeans? with some? They're je- jeans. He's wearing jeans. jeans. Mm-hmm. Wearing some jeans, kind of rolled up. Black uh, jeans. And uh, and looks like, like a looks, looks like a Iron Maiden T-shirt, maybe. Yeah. Uh, of some sort. Uh, he is wearing a helmet. He's got uh, he's got a styling mustache. He's got some he's got some uh, he's got a little mullet kind of flowing out of the back of the thing. I'm guessing he probably has long hair all over. It's not a mullet, but um, 
but uh, you were you were asking trash or panache <laughs> on this look, and and I'm gonna have to say my my initial reaction was, dude looks great. I love it. You know, I love the idea of, oh, of wearing God. regular clothes and the cross bike. But I would have to vote trash on that because trash or panache is only about voting on kit. So if it's not a kit, then it's trash because it's got to be a kit in order to to <laughs> to be panache because that's what we talk about. We talk about talk yeah. about kit. So uh, I'm saying it's I, I'm just saying it the rule the ruling here is <laughs> oh okay. I have to vote pan- right. I have to vote trash. I I'm going to say trash as well, but then but the reason I'm going to say trash is because it's it's to me it's it's uh it's a taste of something almost awesome, but what you know what I want to see? Beer in his hand? No. A denim skin suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's just missing a denim vest. Yeah. If he, well, he's not Canadian, is he? No, you don't need to be Canadian to wear a denim vest. Sleeveless denim vest. But that Wait, is that. that's a that's Canadian formal wear though. Then, no. right? If you've got jeans on and a denim vest. No, if you've got jeans on and a jean jacket, it is called a Canadian tuxedo, but it's also just a stylish look, guys. So how did the guy finish in the race? Uh I think he got last. He did get last. I was gonna say, okay, because like if you were wearing a skin suit. Like full on, like you know, cycling shades and fucking skin suit, and your legs are shaved, and you're all like, you know, geeked up. And then this dude beats you in the race. Mm. That would really be painful. Yeah. So like you know, um, and but I'm giving the guy a for effort, and I love the look. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to try it one race. Yeah. The right conditions, dry, not wet. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, speaking of racing bikes and, and us racing bikes, there has been a lot of local cross that's going off. I mean, and we've been kind of nonstop right now. Yeah. Uh, we went from maybe not having any cross races to having a whole shit ton. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're almost halfway through our season. Yeah, for and sure. I think I've raced like eight times already. So we've had three, uh, three races in the DSGP series. Uh, we've had the Swamp Otter Classic that we had this past weekend. So we've had, you know, two double weekends of racing since the last time we recorded. Um, so yeah, let's, let's just start with the DSGP, DSGP, that's Delta States Grand Prix of Cyclocross. Mm. Weekend opener in Baton Rouge. Um, yep. Double header. Double header, uh, in the Perkins Road Park. No velodrome this year. Nope. No velodrome in the last two years. Uh, but we did have one rider who went, who kind of got lost and rode around the velodrome. And then at some point <laughs> when we were racing, I saw him outside the tape riding next to us and tried to like duck under the tape to get back in the field. Wait, you what? mean he took a wrong turn and went up yes. toward the velodrome in the race? Yes. In our race. How, how could you possibly do that? How could you possibly go the wrong way? Because there was a gap in the tape because the, the, the course crossed the sidewalk or the, the walking path. Yeah. All right. And, and he, went, he went left in that gap. It really oh. didn't. How, I don't know how you. I still don't know how you'd manage that because it really did not look like that would be a left turn there. That was Cole Sims. Said he hadn't raced. He, wasn't, he didn't race it last year. The last time he was there, he, oh. he went to the velodrome. So he just he went left. He assumed it was just going to go through the velodrome. And... <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that so, is. It's, so we're literally racing and we're in the infield section and i see him riding like 
next to us, but outside the tape, like looking for a spot to get in the course. Oh, God. And I'm thinking, I guess Cole Sims quit, but is just cheering on his son. And after the race, I learned that, yeah, he was just trying to get back into the race. Well, if he hadn't finished last, he would be DQ'd, huh? I guess so, yeah. Um, anyway, so, Matt, you raced on Saturday. Yep, I did. Townsend, did you race on Saturday? I did race on Saturday. Had a, had a good race on Saturday. You had a great race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a Masters race with Scott Coppersmith, uh, who I don't think has ever lost a Masters race that he's, that he's raced. Actually, no, he did lose. He, he lost to Marat in the state champ, in the district championships uh, Wait, a couple years did- back. Way back in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking he has lost, of course, um, a one, two, three race. Yeah. Uh, so okay. He's never lost a master's race that he's yeah. raced. Um, I mean, yeah. there've been a number of master's races that he, that he didn't line up for, but this season he's, he's racing masters. It's pretty much his warm up race for the one, two, threes, but he, uh, he wins it anyway. And, uh, second place was a guy that, uh, came down from, uh, from your home state, Bodie, Oregon guy from, yeah. Uh, Although he he is from Corvallis yeah. and I went to U of O, yeah. Corvallis hosts uh, Oregon State. He's a so beaver. You're a duck. Mortal enemies. Yep. Had to throw a heckle at him when he went by uh, on Sunday. Um, so he finished in second. Then I finished in third. Uh, yeah. First time I've beat Kurt Jaron in a race. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, I think Kurt had a had a, a uncharacteristic kind of uh, you know tough race and. Um, I stayed with it and managed to come around him and 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 finish in a solid third place. Um, but I, I wanted to I wanted to give you kudos, Bodie, for designing a really nice course. I thought this was the best Baton Rouge course that we've that we've had, yep. and uh, tough course because of the amount of rain that we've had. I mean, yeah, it was very waterlogged. Yeah, very waterlogged. But uh, um, and it didn't help that uh, that it uh, that it rained a bunch. Uh, before yeah. and then rained a bunch sort of the the afternoon after the the saturday race so that uh, sunday was even i mean sunday was just a real shit show of rain yeah i mean you know look we, we've had a race there's a few interesting features there but basically they're just these bumps you know that we here in louisiana we look for any piece of elevation to put a course on so i went out there with Wes on friday afternoon and, and helped him put that course together and was pretty intentional about how i designed that area and then we had a few restrictions and how we can move about that park and we ran out of stakes. And so I threw, put some th- stuff through some flat grass, thought I added some nice turns and thought I made it interesting for mm-hmm. the terrain. But as we started, we were setting up the course, just realized how waterlogged that flat grass was. And yeah. it was tough for you guys on Saturday, but by the time we got to it on Sunday, I mean, it moved from, it just it was it became what I call just dumb. Like yeah. it was just it was just like I literally I got really angry and I was like, who the fuck designed this stupid course? And I had no one to blame but myself. And uh, then well, I I realized not really much you could have done about it. Yeah, it like, wasn't yeah. a problem. It wasn't a problem with the course well, design. I mean, it was just two well, two inches of rain on there. Well, here's the thing: you got to like, but it's all about like reflecting and analyzation and and what can you do better. If I would have realized how much how waterlogged to be, and we had more stakes, I would have actually brought in some of the the concrete, the walking path, and yeah. added that as sort of a little bit of recovery section. Why not? You can do that in a cross race. Um, hey, yeah, I mean, looking at Yarmark, it crosses a heck of a lot of concrete yeah. in that race. 
Yeah, um, and I'm I'm guessing the I'm guessing the velodrome stayed dry. <laughs> so yeah. maybe well, maybe Cole was onto something yeah, trying to get up that it, way. It does drain really well. Yeah. Uh, so that that was so that was a great weekend, uh, uh, and for me personally, uh, one of my best weekends of racing. Two third place finishes. I got a couple upgrade points. I was one point away from my Cat Three upgrade coming into this weekend. This past weekend of racing, we hosted a race. Uh, yeah, you ride with the Boss Bike Collective and Semi-Tough Cycling Club hosted a race out in Chalmette, the Swamp Otter Classic, and uh, once again, uh, just piss poured rain. It had rained all week. Uh, we went to set the course up on Friday. We were going to do some grass cutting and some staking and taping, try to get the course ready on Friday. Rained all day Friday. You guys uh, are out there in the rain. Literally mowing grass, mowing grass in the pouring rain. Mm. Uh, Rusty Roussel brought his mower out and uh, almost lost it in the bayou <laughs> she was she was uh, cutting this kind of sort of pretty epic and and slick off camber section that that um dipped down into some marsh grass and then ultimately into i mean there were literally there were like some like some mollusks of some sort that were right down there by where the course was about where the uh, mower was when we finally sort of recovered it and were pushing it out of the mud my I actually stepped on a like a clam or a mollusk of some sort in the marsh grass as we were pushing it out. It was so close to the water, but uh, yeah, oh, just just epic. I was so ready to be out of there. I was there from eleven o'clock until whatever time I left. It was almost dark when I left. I heard that that you had to go real T-bone Malone on the mower. Uh, that you guys were trying to finagle it out by you know, using physics and, um, you know, angle of the wheels and, and, and that at one point you just went brute force and started shoving the mower out of the canal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, David Sheehy showed up. Uh, so what we really needed was a, was a third person. Yeah. Rusty and I had it sort of, you know, uh, lashed around a telephone pole and we're trying to oh winch, winch wow. it up and, and, and then, one of we were trying to sort of tug it from one direction as Rusty drove it in the other direction to get some purchase on the on the mud. And at the end of the day, um, yeah, we just had to go. We just had to go brute strength and just you know one two three shove and um, and just push it push it up the hill. And and but basically at that point it became an advantage that the hill was so slick because we were just pushing it up and sliding it through the mud up the hill instead of down the hill. Yeah, so I showed up sort of the end of your mowing, and I was out there well after dark, staking and taping. Uh, I think Kurt came out with uh, his child in, in the dark with a flashlight, and we uh, finished off some of the course, but then the wind picked up, and mm. it was it was, it was was cold and wet and windy, and it, it just, it, it was not happy. I was not into it. I was exhausted, um, but we woke up the next day, and the sky was blue and crisp wind. crisp breeze nice it fall day and definitely still windy though yeah i went to sleep that <laughs> night thinking to myself i don't want to race this race tomorrow this course that we built really sucks everybody's gonna hate it why did we think about planning this race this was stupid we should just all quit yeah and i got out there and you know your girlfriend had brought some some warm donuts. The sun was shining. Uh, the wind was the wind was blowing. The course was drying up. Uh, it was still kind of muddy, uh, but you know officials showed up. The tents went up. The people started showing. Well, one tent went up. Yeah, one tent <laughs> went up. Yeah, the the DJ tent. <laughs> was, 
the way we had it set up. We were, we, it was, yeah. Bit, I mean, bit deep, blustery. It was a bit blustery. Uh, at one point, my my laptop did sail off the table and uh, thankfully was not damaged. I just had to get some, uh, wipe all the mud off the screen. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, people was, showed up and, 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 you know, Matt, you got the, you got the DJ booth working and the music started playing and, uh, Bodie started calling, you know, the early races and it turned out to be a fantastic day. And lo and behold, the course was awesome. It was, it was a little too, uh, soft for my liking, yeah, but it it was it was fun. It was a great course. Uh, worked out. Um, it had had front half had a lot of uh, turns, a little bit of uh, off camber stuff. I mean, we used all that we could find, and then the back half had some straight sections, which was kind of nice change of pace from what we had on the front half. So, yeah, I think it it for for the location we did pretty good. Mm-hmm. I already have ideas if we do it again, how to make it better. Um, hopefully it won't both be so muggy, but yeah, it seemed like a pretty good day. Yeah. Um, Thanks to everybody who helped out with that. It was a real community effort. Uh, I think the, the, re- the response and the reaction to the race was really positive overall for everybody yeah. that, that showed up. And, and so we have a whole lot of people, uh, to, to thank for that because again, that this one was a real, like, like a real team effort, you know? I mean, you say that for every race, like, oh, it was a team effort, but this was one where, you know that it everybody really contributed and there's no one person to 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 say uh, kind of ran this thing it was a it was a group effort and and even just some some impartial observations we had a guy that came to race from massachusetts he was just on a road trip and happened to be coming through so he signed up for the race i looked on his strava afterwards and someone asked him how was how was it racing in new orleans and he said it was fun yeah fun 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 mm-hmm. so and muddy he said it was muddy he wasn't like the oregonian who didn't think we knew what mud was yeah <laughs> um but uh so yeah Speaking. swamp water was done so we packed it all up cleaned up the course i went home i washed my bike and emily's bike and my drivetrain was destroyed from swamp water from the grass and the mud yeah got them all spick and span and uh woke up the next morning bright and early and made my way up to hattiesburg or pedal mississippi for the third race second stop in dsgp yeah i was registered for that race and i and i feel like kind of a schmuck for not going but i just didn't have it in me after a full day of of course prep on friday full day of race promotering and racing on saturday uh, and then breaking down that course, I got home and I just, I was, I was just cashed. I needed to sleep late on Sunday. Well, we didn't, I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that I raced for an hour and eight minutes on Saturday mm-hmm. in the one, two, three, four race because mm-hmm. there were only three cat threes. So Elliot Peterson, who had just raced two races and had just raced the cat four, jumped into our race and promptly beat me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and it's that being able to race for an hour and eight minutes is that weird privilege of being just mediocre, me, mediocre, and elite enough to not be at the front sharpen the things, but not to get lapped by the guy who won. So you get yeah. to race an extra lap. Yeah, I mean, just look at it though. God. I mean, you, you you raced a UCI World Cup distance racing 
hour and eight minutes. That's you know that's some MVDP shit oh right there. God. I admit that I really wanted to give up at some point, but then I just. I said, mean, you could have slow rolled it and got got yourself lapped. Yeah, you know, it's hard. It, you know, at some point, you when there's only four of you, and then you get dropped from the front three in the first lap. You think, mm. well, this is just silly. But then I, you know, I just I've. I've had to change my outlook on cross this season. I'm not really hunting for any podiums, but just trying to go out there and have a good time and, and, and find the moments where I can improve skills and just get a good workout in. I mean, going <laughs> going threshold for an hour and eight minutes yeah. is a hell of a workout. Bodie, you're way too hard on yourself. You didn't get dropped by the front group until the second lap. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I blame Nick's for that. So how was uh, how was pedal this year? Here, here it was a new course design. Yeah, uh, it was great. It was a beautiful day for uh, for racing blue skies, uh, chilly temps. Just, it was awesome. Um, got rid of a lot of the single track that they had last year. Mm-hmm. Replaced it by a lot of single track, and by that I mean this long out and back pedaling section. Mm-hmm. Which was in that open field? No, in a whole different part of the course we didn't see last year. Oh, up on the uh, other side of the gravel road. Yeah. Okay. So what was cool is they brought in that middle gravel road as the a start spur. That's nice. And the finishing straight, and that was an idea I'd given to Butch. Um, that was really cool. And you went from there, you ducked into the woods, then you went down into the sand pit. From the last year, you came the other way, so you had to climb out. This time you were going, you had speed from going downhill into the mm. sand. Saw your Instagram video of that sweet pass on yes. uh, on Brian Harrington that you had there. It was pretty baller, I yeah, will was, admit. That was quite an MVDP looking move there. Yeah, yeah you know. Some, that was some coke side of just a... letting it run down through the sand. One mm. of the few folks who didn't never crashed on that course. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of pedaling. It was a, it was a very friendly to the, the strong roadies. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens a lot in bike races. You do a lot of pedaling. <laughs> generally. Yeah, generally that's, uh, you know. You know, yeah. Anyway, so what was funny about that I mean, course, if you want to squeeze the throttle more, you can always race motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know. Yeah, well, I want a little more technical things that give you more recovery, yeah. a little more mm-hmm. coasting. Anyway, there was a jump kind of hidden between these trees that all of us had ridden in pre-ride, but none of us had hit it at, at race pace. So in the first lap... Uh, the group's together until one of the long stretches, back half of the group, all the cat threes kind of get popped off the front half of the group, which is the ones and twos. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just was like, I, I can't, I can't go that pace. I can't go that speed. We come up to this, this little, this bump, this jump, and I hit it at race pace and holy shit, I go flying to flat not expecting it. But all of a sudden there's a guy like there's just Joe dabs or, on the side of the trail, just kind of sitting, like standing next to his bike, like he hit it so hard and he crashed off from the trees. And we're all just like, what's going on? And uh, he jumped on with us and he was in a daze. And, and Joe Dabbs is a super fast guy and he was pedaling really slow. And at some point I got in front of him because I was just like, well, I don't know what he's doing. And yeah. that's what's in that video you see. I'm actually in front of him. Yeah. He, I think he, as he said, he was still clearing the cobwebs. Oh, so uh, he knocked his, he bumped his head. 
Yeah, or I mean, he just kind of got dazed the wind by, out of by going from he aired it to flat, like he hucked to flat because mm. no one had hit it at speed. Yeah, and you really had to like suck it up like a BMX jump so you didn't uh, catch yeah. air. Anyway, he he rode through me eventually, and then Brian Harrington. Um, but I had a really fun battle with Brian Harrington in that race. Um, I was at some point I was in sixth place uh, out of seven. And so my goal was to build a gap on Jason Nix, um, mm-hmm. just you know, keep pedaling and, and you know slowly build a gap. And if I could try and reel Brian in, who had gone with Joe Dabs, but eventually got dropped from Dabs, and so he was kind of weird. Three of us were in the back of the race, all kind of time trialing. At some point, Brian crashes in the sand, and I hear that because he's right in front of me. So I I I catch him in the sand, and uh, I try to pass him. And I dab in a corner, and he goes. And uh, I had really gone super deep trying to catch up to him. Um, so I was kind of just discouraged that I'd screwed up and uh, that he'd gone away. But I just decided that, I don't know, you know, like what, usually in this point in the race, I would just kind of like, all right, time trial it, you know, just like don't, don't lose any time, but you're not going to gain anything. And I don't know, I just was kind of enjoying the course and you could actually recover in the pedaling sections. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are people there in the sand pit cheering and, and, and there were some Pensacola folk folks who were heckling me there at Brian's friends and they were heckling him and heckling me and, and kind of encouraged me to really throw all the coal in the fire, as they say. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I was making some pretty weird noises. <laughs> I was doing a lot of grunting, um, a lot of yelling, you know, trying to really motivate myself, and uh, we see. Uh, so me and Brian see two laps ago. I'm I'm closing in on him. Um, two laps ago, here comes Scott Cubbersmith, lead of the race, passes me. I think okay, he just saw one to go. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is my last lap. Mm-hmm. Brian is in the distance. I see him. Um, I jump on Scott's wheel for about ten seconds. Is all I can handle, and he he pedals off. Yeah, brings me a little bit closer to Brian, and I am just little. I am going all in as hard as I can, trying not to make mistakes. I think this is it, and I catch Brian, and he is kind of slows up, and he doesn't chase me, and I go through the barriers one last time, make the final turn on the gravel stretch, and just pedal my heart out. Fifth place, I beat Brian. Super stoked, super exhausted. Uh, later on, I learned that Brian didn't realize we only had that with our race was done. He oh, thought he, well, he uh, didn't put the mental calculation together. He did not. He mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, I was gonna let you catch me, and then then you know, I was gonna let you tire yourself out catching me, and then I would drop you on the last lap." Uh, well, points for uh, points for paying attention to the uh, to the to the you know the shape of the race. Yeah, you gotta I mean, you gotta was, do that. You gotta you gotta put that. You gotta put two and two together. You gotta you gotta be aware, and it's hard when you're you're in the limit. Um, it was I had a great race chasing Brian. He's he's the guy who's you know a peer I would say at my skill level, which makes it super fun. Um, he got me real good on Saturday, mm. so I was happy to get him back on Sunday. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I'll say about that. Well, any takeaways from the first uh, first half of our local season, real quick, before we uh, sort of close it out? Yeah, my big takeaway: if it wasn't for Pensacola, Lambert wouldn't have much of a crossing. 
Yeah, I mean, mm. I, I, to, to, to sort of ping on that, I think the uh, I think that it's uh, South Louisiana and and Pensacola, Nola Nola Pensacola, that are really you know driving the driving the cross scene these days. Um, it's worth worth thinking about in the future. I mean, they it aren't is. part of our local association. Um, in a way, like they have a lot more in common with us than they do with South Florida. Yeah. I mean, in other words, it's a lot easier for them to come to races in New Orleans oh, yeah. and Mississippi than it is for them to go to races in in uh, in South Florida. So maybe USAC, maybe USAC, think about uh, splitting uh, splitting the Panhandle of Florida off and putting it with uh, putting it with Louisiana, Mississippi. What about Alabama? How yeah, that which is in between. It? Well, no, no. I mean, it's sort of. Let's you know the old the old. <laughs> it's the old Florida parishes. You know the old yeah. Florida parishes, right? Could, I it's mean, the Panhandle of Florida, coastal Mississippi. And South Louisiana. Look, I mean, how many people in Birmingham come down to race in Mobile? That's right. Yeah. Again, you know, they're they're uh, um, they're closer to us than they are to Birmingham. Well, look, if you look at the overall numbers of our races this year, I mean, the, it's so low. It's lower than the first year of DSGP in 2013. Um, it's probably a lot of reasons. A lot. It's probably a cumulative effect of of multiple things. And I think one of them is just the decline in interest of road cycling, which sort of peaked in 2012, right? The whole Lance thing kind of kind of started to kill it. I think uh, Cross, for us, if you look at strictly numbers, peaked in 2014. Yep. It's been declining since then. And, just, and, I'm and that's a nationwide trend, not yeah. just for us, nationwide Indeed, trend. But, I mean, if you look at local, 2014 was the biggest year, uh, the most participants we ever had. Uh, last year, we, I mean, we usually always have a really good turnout in Baton Rouge and New Orleans, the biggest metro areas in our region. This year, I mean, we'll see what happens in New Orleans. Yeah, hopefully uh, Baton Rouge suffered just for lack of promotion and uncertainty. Yeah. There's I, a I, lot of uncertainty surrounding that Baton Rouge definitely. race, and I think mm-hmm. that that had— I think that's another factor yeah. I mean, of— look, Pedal was bigger than Baton Rouge. Yeah. So— you know that that's encouraging in the sense that you know last year Baton Rouge was you know twice as big and Pedal was not you know not nearly as big and 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 so the fact that people a lot of people came out to Pedal this year uh, or more people came out to Pedal than Baton Rouge I think is indicative of the fact that Baton Rouge suffered from from some uncertainty and hopefully now that the uncertainty has been settled for this season at least. Uh, we'll start to see bigger turnouts at the next two DSGP installments, which are in Ridgeland and in New Orleans, to finish the season. And I think that also, you also have to look at where cycling is going in general, and we've talked about this, and everybody is talking about this. I mean, gravel, right? You know, uh, Tour de Parish, same weekend as Delta State's New Orleans, I mean, Baton Rouge, huge turnout. They had 220 folks show up to that, double what they had the year before. Yeah. There, so there is this appeal to, and it's on, on one hand, I get the appeal, and you have a lot of riders who don't race, and so that is, is appealing. They have different distances, and it's it's not a race. But there's all the guys who, who do race, who do show up to these rides and treat it like a race. Hey, I hands up, I was one of those guys. Yeah, Will Buqua told me in Baton Rouge on Sunday he had gone to do Tour de Parish on Saturday and then come up to Baton Rouge on Sunday to do the race. He told me on Sunday, he's like, man, I'm so beat from the Tour de Parish. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, man, that was so fast. Apparently yeah. it was like a Sunday, you know, Saturday Giro, but in St. Bernard Parish. 
Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's all about the uh, you know it's all about the fondo these days, you know, and people looking to do things that are uh, you know, um, you know, not a forty-five minute cyclocross race. I don't. I'm not Which, sure. Which I mean, I I think we just got to call it cyclocross fondo. Yeah. Increase the reg to one hundred and fifty. Mm. Um, you get a T-shirt and you get some food and the finisher's medal. Oh, and yeah. we'll, we'll put you in your appropriate category and mm. you just cycle across Fondo. And it's like a staggered start and you get a timing chip. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's different, there's like a KOM section. Well, no, I mean, there's like your staggered start is like, yeah, if you're a men's cat five, you start at nine. And if you're a men's cat four, you start at 11. Like that's a staggered start. I mean, we just basically need a giant pot of just like second rate jambalaya at the end. <laughs> And, and give everybody a ticket for it at the beginning and like a crappy t-shirt mm. and call it a fondo. And like you say, yeah, we'll just, it'll, everybody will show we'll up. do everything else the same except call it a fondo, have a big pot of jambalaya and give away a crappy t-shirt. Okay, I just want to say that I haven't had any crappy jambalaya at any of the races that I've done in Lambro just to put it out there because uh, Chris Lemoyne stuff is really good. Uh, the pastelaya. Pastelaya. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's at a race now. I'm talking about at a fondo. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. All right. So uh, cross may be uh, trending down this season, but uh, you know it's trending up. You T Bone Malone, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you're over here like you're on a talk show looking at your notes. Uh, <laughs> I had to check it out just to make sure. You're new. See where I'm going with this. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I uh, Swamp Otter Classic. I I I thought I'm not going to race. Bodie, you said you should race. There's, you know, five cat fours or above in your master's field. Third place finish. You get that final upgrade point. Uh, and lo and behold, finished third in Swamp Otter Classic. Got my final upgrade point. The good battle with Brad Timchuk out of Homa. Great who, battle. This is he's been he raced in DSGP Baton Rouge. He came to Swamp Otter. So got a, got a little bit of a confession to make here. I think that Brad. In fact, I know he must have heard you, MC in the race, saying that third place finish, that final upgrade point. Huh. Because when I passed now him, the story comes. Well, out. when I passed him. I came up on him and I passed him for third place, and he said, "Are you are you racing for an upgrade point?" I said, "I need to finish third for an upgrade point. This is I need this spot." He's like, "Well, the guy in fifth is gaining on us, so I don't I don't care about third. Can I just sit on your wheel and and wow. you know so to stay ahead of." To stay ahead of fifth. So, so this is like a Vino Liege based on Liege. It's a little bit of a truce, yeah. So so uh-huh. how much did you pay him? So I didn't pay him anything. This was he was <laughs> interesting. He was, he he was comp his reg fee. <laughs> he was calling a truce with me to sit on my wheel, basically, um, and and um, and you know, and not and and not work for a minute. Well, he did come around, and he did. He said, "Okay, well, I'll pull for a minute." So he pulled for a minute, and then we got to that f- the you know the final sort of back stretch, headed mm-hmm. you know the home stretch, um, and I I jumped on the front and I went hard. And, and at that point, I kind of thought like he was done and I was going to get a gap on him before we got to the, to the finish straight. Uh, but lo and behold, it kind of came around that last turn and, you know, heard Bodie on the mic, you know, screaming like he's right on his wheel. He's right on his wheel. I was like, oh shit, man, this guy's right on my wheel. And then he really starts kind of like, you know, heating it up in the sprint. And, and I'm, I'm kind of giving it just about everything I had. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I maybe I misunderstood what this guy was saying. He <laughs> looks like he's racing me for this position after all. And so it ended up being not a photo finish. I beat him, you know, by probably a bike length. But 
Lambra posted that. the finish line photo for a cross race. <laughs> and pretty, pretty close, pretty close. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it wasn't wheel to wheel, but uh, yeah. you know that 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 uh, those finish line camera photos uh, uh, expand the distance between the two. Um, but uh, yeah, he, I was pretty close over on the left hand side, and he tried to, I think, sort of came, tried to come around me on the on the outside, and I just kind of kept. Definitely yeah. shut the door on it. Shut the door on it. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was completely legal move, though. I don't think there was anything illegal about it. You, know? uh, you right in front of the official. He didn't say anything, so I, I guess you. Uh... Yeah. Well, congratulations, Tenzin. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're gonna put that upgrade in? Uh, I'm not. Not until the end of the season, because I'm still competing in the Masters Four Five race in Ridgeland this weekend. I want to go ahead and want to go ahead and do that first. Oh, oh, oh I don't know what. Uh, what does the upgrade official say about yeah. that? Uh, it's only a voluntary upgrade right now. Uh, mm. Man. You can't, you can't, you can't force. You can't. It's no forced upgrade. I don't have enough points for that yet. That's true. Uh, that's true. You, but you. What if you, if you win the four fives? If I win the four fives and and there's enough people there's in there, then 21 yeah, twenty one people in that race. Yeah, then I, then it'd be a forced upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this will be my last weekend, probably racing as a. Um, Great. Then you, come, you, then you can come race the one, two, threes with me. I will do that. I, I, I will make you this promise, Bodie. I will race. I will cat up after this weekend. Okay. I will race uh, Masters in DSGP in Ridgeland. I will race Masters in DSGP day one. And DSGP day two, I'll race Masters. And then I will get in the one, two, three race. And I will race for the Lambra Championship in the one, two, three race. Dang. Wait, you're going to do Masters and the one, two, three? Day two of New Orleans. Yeah, you the might last as well. race of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, Why yep. not? Right. That'd be great. Yep. Um, and yeah, you're right. You have 10 points. You're voluntary. 15 points is the mandatory. Speaking of mandatory, um, our friend Will Gonzaga, God, mm-hmm. he, he is maxed out on his points. He is now, he's going to be upgrading to Cat 3. So he's not going to be able to compete for the, the DSGP no. Cat fours. He didn't really plan that one out very well this year. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I mean, that's something to talk about. I think that maybe giving it Warden and Jersey for a Cat Four is a bit of a. It encourages sandbagging. Yeah. Mm. Especially when you have a seven race series. Remember the remember the elaborate sandbagging calculations Nate Bats had to do to win the yeah. Cat Four jersey the <laughs> yeah. year he won it. Yeah, I think he, it was the Cat Four Five jersey. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, yeah, but it, it was, was. It was I, the Cat Four Five. I remember there was a, a race that he couldn't finish in a certain position. Yeah, and, yeah, know, he had to exactly. let some people beat Those him. Those type of calculations happen when there's a Cat Four jersey. And so I thought about this: do you do you do a three four jersey? Does that encourage sandbagging for the Cat Threes? I don't know. There was remember I and I'm the guy who won the inaugural Cat Four Five jersey. Yeah, and that jersey was done away with, which I think was a great idea. Um, so I, mean, I don't know. Like that's the thing. I got a message from our friend Taylor Mills, like being like, "Wait, did I do I really have seven upgrade points now?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, you won a race. You've been on a bunch of podiums. Like that's what happens." Like, and, and, and here here's my thing. And I've said to you guys, but I haven't seen the podcast yet. You start as a cat five, complete beginner off the street. You're a cat five. Because I crossed you do. Five races, you can be a cat four. Mm. That's all it takes. Just you pin a number five times, you're a cat four. Become a cat three, you earn 10 points by beating other cat fours. And they all became cat fours 
by racing five times. So, but becoming a cat three doesn't mean necessarily, you know. Right. Look at me. I'm a perfect example. I've, I've, you know, I've earned it legitimately by the rules, but under no set of circumstances uh, am I a guy who is super competitive or particularly, you know, I mean, I'm like exactly like you say, I'm good racing against older dudes who have raced enough that they had to become cat fours. Yeah. So, so the, the idea that like cat four, and this is, and this goes back to a wider issue, I think in our, in our region is that cat fours are treated as this like, you know, next like you know, almost next to one, two, three elite when really it's just a step up from beginners mm. and it really that everybody should strive to be a three and the difference between three and two is the big jump. It, it, the difference between four and three is not big at all. And we need more cat threes. And I'll talk about this at the meeting this weekend, but the idea that like so many people upgrade to three and then they just stop racing. Yeah, that's it. Because then you start just having no other choice but to race with the ones and the twos. So I think the point you're getting to is in both road cycling and cyclocross, we need cat three, four races. Something like that. And I think that we should probably leave it at that for this week. I know we had some other mm. stuff on the agenda that we wanted to get to, but we can tackle that next week. We want to do a Tech Talk segment next week, Bodie, where we talk to you about your experience so far on Indeed. the trainer. Um, but we'll we'll shelve that one for the moment. And um, and you guys want to want to wrap this one? <clears throat> yeah, I just we'll, we'll we'll shelve that. And we had a, we had a viewer email. Uh, last week regarding our tech talk uh many thanks to alex cormier for sending us that email and we will get to that uh next episode i do want to uh well you know actually let's just i have i have a sign off note that i'm gonna okay well this is uh cat three t-bone malone going hard in the tape putting people hard in yeah that's future cat three t-bone malone going hard in the tape putting people hard into the tape. Thanks, Brad Timchuk, for being a super good sport and not giving me a hard time about doing that to you. And um, that's it. I'll see you all, talk to you all next episode. And this is Sir Cheerio. I'm currently updating my resume to include High Winds DJ. <laughs> And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, once again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please send us an email at yayuride at gmail.com. Also, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Um, and I'm going to sign off and say that clincher Torino drives for the win all season long. That's it. Boom.